Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to My Millennial Property. He's John Pigeon. I'm Glenn James. What's Hello, happening? Glenn. Hey, um, today we're talking about, you know, the step-by-step type property scenario. Mm. And part of that is to get your finance. And we thank Sean Wellman from Wellman Finance for getting behind My Millennial Property. Without him, it would be hard for us to do this podcast because we pay Nath to edit it and we just uh, covering costs to get the content out to you because it is a growing podcast. And we want to thank all our listeners so far that have joined us. And again, if you are considering getting a mortgage or a refinance and you don't have an active relationship with the mortgage broker, we suggest you talk to Sean and the team from Wellman Finance. You can go to wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. And he's been John's personal broker for many years. He owns the business Sean does. He's got a quality team behind him. He will teach you how he got to the position and he will show you different lenders mm. and he will not proceed unless you are 100% comfortable. So, thank you, Welly, for that. And he's also a listener of the show. John, yeah. Nicole wrote in and said, would love to hear an app about the hidden costs of buying a place, plus a step-by-step of all the things you need to do and when you should do them, conveyancer, broker, building, yeah. inspections, and also how to find properties outside of an auction. Now, she wants a lot, doesn't she? She wants a lot and we'll give her a lot. But yes. the whole thing is, I just want to maybe talk today about the hidden costs mm. because I think we might go to the drawing board and do like a multi-part series about the steps to buying a property. Yeah, so that's a good idea. In your experience with property, what do you think is the number one hidden cost that people aren't aware of when they're buying a property? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Look, it's um, a little bit blasé about hidden costs because I I don't think they should be there. But uh, stamp duty is the one where if they're not working with a sophisticated mortgage broker, understanding where they're buying, what they're buying, um, the, the cost of the actual stamp duty on that purchase price can be misinformed. So I think, because in states, it varies so much. Like I think Victoria is the king of stamp duty costings and so so much more than in, in other states. Now, it doesn't mean we don't buy in Victoria. It just means factoring it in. So the difference of buying a 500K property in um, one state versus another could be 10 grand. Mm. It's not a hidden cost. It's just a cost that we may not have factored if we're buying potentially in a in a state that we didn't think we're going to buy in to begin with. Legal costs should be, in my mind, a fixed price. Now, in a lot of cases, I see that they weren't fixed and the, the solicitor or the conveyancers charged them more than they expected. Have you seen legal costs like a conveyancer charging a percentage ever? No, okay. not in my time. But so, realistically... Even if you're buying a million-dollar house or a $300,000 house, yeah. 
your legals probably aren't going to be more than $2,000. You wouldn't expect. No, no, definitely not. And and again, state by state, a little bit different. But yeah, I would, again, usually word of mouth, you get a, a pretty good option there. But go and get yourself three quotes and, and just see. Because essentially, if if they're doing it on a weekly basis, the conveyancer, there's, there's not too much to it in terms of price. So if someone's charging you, Three grand, for example, to to look across a, a standard contract, I'd be saying, look, we can probably get it somewhere else. Yeah, so whether we call it hidden costs or we just call it cost to factor in, stamp duty and conveyancing are probably two variables that can easily blow out. But weirdly, the difference of those two costs can be <laughs> 50 grand. Yeah. And, totally. and I think that's like, if you're loosely crunching numbers about oh, we need to upgrade our house and we want to move down the street and also, you know, we want a better house and you go, yeah, it works out. Yeah. A lot of people don't go, oh, no, but we've got to pay 25 grand stamp. No, that's right. Or whatever the yeah. cost is. So, yeah. I think uh, another cost that, and just from me just thinking then, you know, pests and building inspections. Yeah. I mean, if you get a pest and building inspection, you really are just – it's like when you, you get the report and there's the report's two pages and the disclaimers are 15 pages. Now, I don't know or I haven't heard of many pest and building inspections uh, if they've missed something that the inspector is being sued and hung out to dry. Pretty rare, isn't it? So, yeah. realistically, the pest and building inspection to me is someone – crawling under the house or in the roof space and just looking and going, yeah, it seems pretty reasonable. If there are, for example, termites in an internal wall and there's no other traces of them underneath, that's a cost that could be missed. But Or that's a thing that could be missed by the Preston building. Yeah. But that's a hidden cost. To rectify it? Yeah. Yeah, totally and, But is. that speaks to the risk mm. of buying property that's not brand new. No, that's right. And and speaking to that topic alone, uh, I get a lot of people and, and especially those who have done my online academy, it's like, John, you tell me to look at 100 properties, put in 10 offers and buy one. Well, if I put in 10 offers, am I getting 10 building and pest inspections? That's pretty costly because they're probably three or $400 a, a go. So the answer to that is, well, no, you don't go and get 10 different building and pest inspections. But if you get two or three offers in, received that um, say, yeah, we'll accept it, that's when you can dig deeper and say, right, am I going to get two or three building inspections done? For the sake of $400, give or take, it's peace of mind to know. And as you said, they're, they're not going to be totally liable. It's there's, there's a massive amount of disclaimer in there. But the big one for me in a building in pest is, has there been termite activity or is the present termite activity? Now, if there has been termite activity in the past, what was done to be for it to be dealt with and is it still present now? Now, the one that I would assume that a lot of properties around the country have had some termite activity in the last 50 years. So that that's not that alarming. It's, it's how it was dealt with and is it still evident today, uh, the main one. When it comes to building, you'd probably say, the key there are the piers, the foundations. We talk about the foundations mm. of life, mm. no different to a home. The foundation's solid. Uh, we know that 1970s builds going to have different issues with it. But 
Yeah, the the peers, the foundation and the termite activity are two big ones that could blow out. But it's also basic common sense. If you're buying a house that's 70 years old, 70 years old, there's more of a risk of stuff going wrong than if you're buying a house that was three years old. Yeah, totally. So that's a hidden cost. The older the property, the more skeletons. Yeah, that's right. And, and Or if you the- bury someone out the back underneath the concrete slab, there might be a risk of you having to literally get it uh, dug up at yes. your expense to relay it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, my message there would be don't be scared to go and pay for a good quality building and pest inspection. Um, and if you're doing it interstate, which a lot of investors are these days, especially if they're coming from Sydney and they can't afford to buy in Sydney, go and get your two or three quotes or talk to two or three different building and pest inspectors and just, just be comfortable with um, with choosing one of them, getting a look at their previous copies of um, reports they've done for people to, just to see how thorough it is, where they're prepared to go, whereas another, like uh, the roof is a, is a good example. Oh, I couldn't get up in the roof. Um, now, did we try to get up in the roof, right? Or... Did we just, we couldn't because it was covered with trees and whatever. So there's always different levels of service based on company to company. So realistically, the if you are buying a property, there's no agent fees involved? No. So the real hidden costs are the known unknowns, which are structural issues. Yes. Now, another cost that might be, you really need to consider if you were buying a property part of a strata complex. Now, I would suggest that you speak to the real estate agent and get minutes of the last maybe two or three years strata meetings. Yep. And also copy of, it's called a sinking fund. Hmm. So, people pay and the bigger the complex, like my little three-unit complex, we don't have a sinking fund. Yep. But the bigger the complex there will be an agreement between the owners to put away X amount of money a year into a bank account. Mm -hmm. So, when the roof needs to be redone of the complex, we've got 90 grand there that we can do it. Yeah. Now, there's a risk when you're buying in a unit or a strata complex that that sinking fund hasn't got any money and there has been talk in the minutes about, oh, the roof's getting old or the front fence is getting old because... A hidden cost could be a special levy which they put on every tenant to pay for something above and beyond the sinking fund. Yeah, in a lot of cases, well, most cases, you find that if if you're required to pay $15,000 each, you've got to come up with it. It's in the conditions of your contract that you need to adhere to to the sinking fund um, or the strata levy. So, I think there's more hidden costs potentially when buying in strata. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose we were leaning towards buying freehold, buying freehold homes yep. um, on their own title. But yeah, definitely Strata's one that we need to dig deeper to find the minutes of because a lot of real estate agents, vendors don't freely give that information. Um, they should, but it's not that uh, that common. The other one is not, it shouldn't affect, well, won't affect first time investors, but uh, investors that have got more multiple properties need to factor in uh, any land tax implications. So we don't want to find out this fact after we've purchased something. Right now, each state has a land tax threshold amount. As soon as you go over that amount in land value, 
you'll be charged land tax as a percentage uh, per annum for the time that you own those properties through your state revenue. So, a question. If I own, and I'll just use round numbers for the illustration. Yeah. If the land tax threshold was 500000 in one state uh-huh. and the state next door was a million dollars and I had a $500,000 property in the state that was 500000 which meant I'm not over that threshold, yeah. but then I had a $300,000 property in the state next door with the threshold of $1 million, does the state next door property count towards the threshold of where my principal pr- place of residence is? Uh, no. If I understand what you're saying... If there's two every, different thresholds... Every state's different and it works independent on their own, nothing to do with what's in the next state. Okay, so realistically, I could basically, if each state, if the two states now had a 500,000 threshold, I could buy 500,000 property in this state, yep. not be over the threshold, and then go and buy a property in the next state up to 500,000, not go over the threshold, Correct. then go to the next state. So, I could scatter my properties all around Australia yes. keeping under the threshold as opposed to buying three properties in the one state and then having to pay land tax. 100%. Okay. And that's why we, uh, again, another positive of diversification. We want to diversify anyway, but um, when we're looking strategically with clients, we're saying, well, okay, what's our land value worth in this particular state? Do we need to diversify out of it? Now, a couple of mentions there. It doesn't. It, it excludes your principal place of residence. So that doesn't matter what the land value of that is. That's excluded. Yes. It's only your investment properties. And it's not the property itself. It's only the land value within that property. So if you get a property worth 500000 the land value might only be 300000 So it's calculated on the land value only, not the building. Yes. Mm. Now... Another hidden cost that might be there is if you buy a home or an investment property in a bushfire area or a flooding place, you've just got to check out what the cost of insurance is because some insurers will no longer cover you if you live on the side of a lake where another insurance company will, but they might charge a higher premium. So there could be ordinarily if a property was... $1,200 a year to insure, making up a number. In that high-risk area of bushfire or flood, it could be $3,000 a year. Hmm. So, you need to check what your property insurance is going to be. 100%. Yeah. And I I suppose that's why at the start I said, well, they're not really hidden costs. They're just costs that you need to factor in. We should know if we're buying in a bushfire zone or Hmm. a flood zone, right? Now, the flood zones have changed dramatically in the last... 10 years because of what happened in Brisbane and different floods around the country. So, yeah, that obviously very much affects the uh, the insurance policies. Um, and even just lately with landlords insurance because of what's going on with the health epidemic, some insurers don't cover rent default, right? So they've changed their policies around all of that as well. Mm. Like anything, Nicole, you just have to ask as many informed people as possible before you pull the trigger. And I honestly think the best place to ask is probably your mortgage broker because they're working day in, day out with property purchases. And I know, for example, the legal fees and the stamp duty and probably the pest in building, John, would just be 
paid for and settled upon the property settling with the borrowed funds? Yeah, so from a lending perspective, you can't borrow the legal costs or the, the stamp duty costs. Right. Right. So, um, and the building and pest usually comes out of your own funds as well. Now, if you've, when I say borrow, if you're using equity, you can use your equity for the stamp duty and the legals and building and pest, right? But you can't lend on the stamp duty amount sure, sure. Um, over and above that, yep. yeah. So, yeah, she, she has mentioned here about finding properties outside of auction. Again, that's probably another we ep- might, episode. We'll cover that in yeah. another episode like the, the process. But we might finish it there, John. So, let's just do a quick list of some of the hidden costs we've discussed. Stamp duty, legals and conveyancing, pest and building, insurance costs, mm-hmm. removalists, sinking fund special levies. Yeah, land tax. Land tax. I mean, so that's seven mm-hmm. that we, you know, and there might be more. You might be listening, you know, oh, you forgot this. Well, yeah, there, there could be more. But yeah. loosely speaking, when I was a financial advisor and we had modeling software, we would assume, and again, modeling is based on assumptions and yeah. we know all the modeling with the COVID and all that. So, you can't really hang your hat on modeling too yeah. much because yeah. it, they're based on assumptions. But we used to assume maybe 5%-ish for very, very loose uh, costs when purchasing a property. Yeah. Because if a house was $500,000 to buy and we used 5%, that's going to be twenty five grand to cover stamp duty-ish yeah. Okay. Um, because stamp duty might be seventeen grand. Yeah. So, and then a bit legals and moving and whatnot and pest and building. So, there's there's no there's actually no exact answer of what the hidden costs are. No. But we know that there are different categories of costs that might have to come out. Yeah, absolutely, and and maybe a a conversation for another day as well. But lenders' mortgage insurance is a somewhat of a hidden cost if you're going over. Um, your thresholds your, your thresholds of lending so and, factoring in that amount because that varies from lender to lender absolutely. as well absolutely and if you want to drill down even further there's going to be costs of if the property had been vacant for a million years yeah uh, the energy company might charge you a connection fee yes over and above what they usually mm-hmm. be there could be an MBN connection fee yeah I mean there are just so many variables and it goes back to us saying we don't recommend you buy a house to live in or invest until you're out of consumer debt, you've got an emergency fund yeah. and you are in a good financial position because the week you move into a property, however old it is, if it's not a brand new with warranty, the oven could break, the hot water system could break, mm. the tap could burst yeah, need your buffers. and you just need a buffer. So, yeah. thanks John for the chat. Good chat. See you soon. See you, mate. Bye. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property, education, and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor. This online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it.
If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.